0: Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mondana Youssefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, babe.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: Quick, tell me the block height.
1: The block height is seven five one five nine three.
0: So how many acres could I get on Bitcoin Island right now for one U.S. dollar?
1: For one U.S. dollar, you can get 4,998 acres.
0: Ooh, it's still on sale. Still on sale. Okay, so what's going on with Ethereum? Is it dead yet?
1: (laughs) No, Ethereum is not dead. It lives on.
0: It lives on? Nothing new to report there?
1: Nothing new until the merge.
0: Oh, fair enough. All right. Let's get to Bitcoin. What's going on there? What's going on in the Bitcoin world?
1: Um, We got one interesting story out of Brazil. There's a new debit card that's giving 5% cash back on um, all purchases made between now and October 31st.
0: So it's 5% back in Bitcoin.
1: They give you 5% back in Bitcoin.
0: So can we trust it? Is this another Celsius?
1: No, it's not another Celsius. It's more like our like our Bitcoin credit card, mm-hmm. right? So when they pay you the cash back, it goes into a, an account that you don't have the keys, but you can withdraw mm-hmm. it out. So as long as you withdraw out your cash back, there's no risk.
0: And shout out to our Bitcoin credit card. Uh, it's BlockFi. And Ian can link it on the episode page, but um, we earn Bitcoin rewards right now, currently in the United States. So Brazil is not the only place that this is happening. Correct. All right. What else is going on?
1: Uh, big Bank in Malaysia has um, started allowing their customers to, you know, make Bitcoin and crypto purchases through the bank. All right. So it's, it's more adoption. Institutions are offering it to their clients so that their clients don't have to go to a place like Coinbase. So, similar,
0: so is this similar like BlackRock or is this different because it's an actual bank?
1: I mean, in theory, this is what BlackRock is doing for their customers. Mm-hmm. Their customers just make purchases in like the millions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. But when you have like a bank, you could just open up your Bank of America app and just buy some Bitcoin right in the app, yeah. right? Like that's what they're offering. So any large bank that offers that service to their customers is opening the door to more Bitcoin
0: adoption. Absolutely. Normalizing it.
1: Yeah, it it normalizes it. It shows up as like, like we said in the BlackRock episode, it shows up as like another service that this entity is offering. So BlackRock is offering it to their high wealth individuals. And now this bank is offering it to lower tier wealth individuals.
0: All right. All right. Next story.
1: So next month, some people are trying to organize a, you know, like they have like a gay pride month and all that kind of stuff. They're trying to organize a, a Bitcoin mining at home month.
0: Bitcoin miners Pride Month,
1: something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they have a flag yet, though.
0: So there are people who are mining Bitcoin at home, and are there they're actually mining Bitcoin?
1: Yeah. So if you think about like the history of Bitcoin, um, Bitcoin mining started at home. Yeah. You know, everyone was on their laptops. Like I. The mining that I did was on a laptop.
0: But I thought that mining at home is kind of not really feasible anymore because there are all these like supercomputers and huge mining companies that are the ones that are actually mining and earning Bitcoin.
1: Mining at home is always feasible, right? Like that laptop that I did that original Bitcoin mining on, I still have that laptop, right? <laughs> I could go. Th- it's an old ass laptop. It's pretty old, right? And I haven't turned it on in a long time, but I'm sure I could go plug it in, turn it on and start using it to mine bitcoin again right the problem is the amount of compute that i'm offering to the bitcoin network is so minuscule that even if i were to join like a bitcoin mining pool and was like oh i'm gonna you know join up with slush pool or whatever and you know when the pool wins i get a percentage of what the pool wins based on what i contributed you wouldn't get anything
0: your percentage is so small
1: it's so small because people have these purpose-built miners now Right. In
0: their own homes.
1: In their own homes, but they also have them in data centers, right? Like okay. so people started with Bitcoin miners at home. Then it's scaled up to this competitive marketplace. Right?
0: So it's the return of the home miners.
1: Yeah, it's like a home miner renaissance. And part of the reason why this is possible is because we've actually gone through a pretty big Bitcoin cycle. So one of the things that happens in these like market crashes is that miners go bust because they're in it to make money, mm-hmm. right? They gotta at least break a break even. And they want to earn a little bit of profit that so they can buy more miners. But when the economics of Bitcoin don't work out, and you're basically, if your electricity is too expensive, mm-hmm. you either move or you just liquidate the business. When those liquidations happen, all of the miners that that company was using, they show up in the marketplace. Mm. And so home miners can now buy these like, Pretty beefy Bitcoin miners at a discount. Ooh, because, beefy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they are like an S nine or a, you know, like a.
0: And how much is it, huh? roughly?
1: Well, they the, the prices vary. You can go from as little as I think I saw one the other day for like nine hundred dollars, mm-hmm. which is going to be better than my laptop. But again, in that in that scale of how much compute are you actually offering, it's not going to be that much. But they go from like nine hundred to like probably like ten to fifteen thousand dollars.
0: Damn
1: but they all have a pretty simple financial formula for the miners. So if you know the cost of your energy and you know how much compute this Bitcoin miner has, you can pretty much just figure out the ROI on your investment.
0: And people are like hooking (sighs) these mining machines up to like their water heaters, right?
1: You don't hook it up to your water heater per se, but a lot of people have been using the waste heat from Bitcoin miners because it is a computer, Mm -hmm. right? It's like a server. And it's basically running at almost 100%. And so it's producing a lot of heat. And so you'll see like these massive fans on the Bitcoin miners, but it's like, it's just blowing the heat into the room, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) So like, you got to have some ventilation. So you don't like bake yourself, right? So what a lot of these very creative, very industrious Bitcoiners have been doing is been building their Bitcoin mining rigs next to their like home furnace. And so they'll pipe the heat from the miners into the house Ah. instead of turning on the heat. Yeah. So now, just throwing this out there, Europe, in an energy crisis, you can either use electricity to heat your home or you can use electricity to make Bitcoin and heat your home. Which one are you going to do? (laughs)
0: Win-win. It's a win-win. Ah, so that's why the home miners... Uh, month is September because it's right before it's going to get cold.
1: I mean, I don't know exactly if that's why they pick September. That's great strategy. Um, but it is a good time to get into the, <laughs> you know, it's like getting your house ready for winter. It's like, yeah, put yeah. a Bitcoin miner in and, as a heater. But... A home miner doesn't necessarily have to mine Bitcoin to be profitable. That's the difference between home miners and these like big corporations that have been listed on the stock exchange. A home miner is just trying to acquire Bitcoin by just converting electricity into Bitcoin. And sometimes that works out to be cost effective. But if you and I did that here in DC, it's not ever going to be cost effective for us. We're never going to make money mining Bitcoin and then trying to sell it for a profit. Because the people who mine their Bitcoin at much cheaper energy rates can sell theirs for cheaper. So
0: right? are we never going to mine Bitcoin?
1: Well, this is my point, is that a Bitcoin, a home Bitcoin miner is more about just acquiring the Bitcoin. So we would never want to sell it, right? If we started ah. mining at home, we would just say, well, that's just an extra cost, right? Mm-hmm. Our house has a refrigerator. Our house has an oven. Our house has a microwave our house has a Bitcoin miner. Mm -hmm. And that's just an energy cost for the house. The only difference is the first three things that I named do not produce money.
0: (laughs) But would we be part of like a pool that you were talking about where if in that pool... They mine Bitcoin, we would get a cut of it.
1: This is like a conversation that I've kind of seen going on very low level on Bitcoin Twitter. There's a train of thought that mining pools aren't great and that everyone should be solo mining at home. And if you win, you win the whole subsidy. Mm -hmm. And if you lose, that was just the cost of electricity. And so it's very hard for a home miner to get on board with that when you have like this increased energy cost every month Mm -hmm. and you're not getting anything out of it. So most home miners would probably say, well, I would like to be the winner of a block, right? I would like to get six Bitcoin in 10 (laughs) minutes, right? I would like for that to happen, but the odds of it are so low that I'd rather just take my little cut if this pool Mm -hmm. wins. But there's a Twitter account that like tweets out whenever a solo miner wins a block. It goes off more often than you think. So it's not impossible. Like
0: once a day? Uh, Ooh, not that often not
1: that often but i feel like last week there was like two
0: all right okay so if any of our listeners are at home minors or solo minors let us know i'm very curious about your perspective um on this and also how you're going to be celebrating Miners month in september
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah y'all know. know
0: i love a party so just let me know if you're throwing one
1: <laughs> this idea of home miners not necessarily selling their bitcoin for money kind of goes to the idea of bitcoin is something you save in let's just say a home miner mined a tenth of a bitcoin over you know five or ten years well over five or ten years a tenth of a bitcoin might go from two thousand dollars to twenty thousand dollars so when you mined most of that it was worth a lot less and then at some point in the future you get the payoff of i lost money Back in 2022, when I first started mining and I was losing money on electricity bills, but as the price of Bitcoin appreciated, I made it all up.
0: Yeah, like you need that long-term vision. Yeah.
1: And so home mining, I would argue, kind of helps of thinking about Bitcoin as a long-term investment, especially when you're doing it and it's not going to like pay off anytime soon. Once you start thinking long-term... Then you have to start setting goals to try to accomplish in that that time horizon. So let's say you're somebody who's like, I just found out about this Bitcoin thing yesterday. I downloaded Fountain. Um, listen, listen to, to the th-
0: flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm
1: um, listening to these this this cute couple. They sound awesome. You know, <laughs> you know what? I want one Bitcoin. If I could get to one Bitcoin, like. That would, I would feel like I had like really put in some time into Bitcoin. Most of the apps out there, if you were to go say to Strike or to Coinbase or really much any, any site that offers like automated buying, they're going to ask you for a dollar amount. They're going to say, whether it's daily, hourly, weekly, monthly, whatever, how much Bitcoin do you want to buy on some regular interval?
0: Or how many dollars do you want to convert into Bitcoin?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much when, when I say buy. Like Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so- we say convert on this show, not buy.
1: That is true. That is true. <laughs> That's a
0: rule you instilled. Inst- inst- yeah, in. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, so Strike will say something like, how many dollars do you want to exchange for Bitcoin every hour, day, week, month, right? And when you pick a dollar amount, you're locked into a fiat amount. You're not locked into a Bitcoin amount. And so if you wanted to save one whole Bitcoin and you only had 52 weeks to do it, you'd have to acquire a certain amount of Bitcoin every single week. Right. But if you pick one dollar in week one and then the price of Bitcoin fluctuates by week like 30, you might need to buy $2 worth of Bitcoin every week to get the same amount of Bitcoin to get to one Bitcoin.
0: So you need a mindset shift where you're thinking about Bitcoin instead of fiat when you're acquiring Bitcoin.
1: Exactly. Which
0: brings us to...
1: Which brings us to something that I've been working on for like the past month. And it's going to be like live on the site whenever you guys are listening to this. But I've started a Bitcoin savings calculator on our website.
0: Okay, so this is exciting. Let's first talk about the why of this Satoshi savings calculator that you've designed and developed yourself?
1: Uh, well, I didn't do the design. Um,
0: ah, yes, I misspoke.
1: Yeah. So there's a guy that I met on Twitter. He, uh, he works for Bitcoin. And so he kind of has done a lot of the design work for us that got us like to where we are mm-hmm. with like the pink and the logo and stuff like that. And so when I had this idea for this calculator, I kind of reached out to him. And so he helped me do the design. But I did the coding. So like I made it functional.
0: Yeah, and he's tagged at the bottom of the calculator. Um, But Ian, why did you come up with this calculator? What problem does it solve?
1: I can't guarantee that it solves a problem, but my thesis of the problem that it solves, like helping people break the fiat savings mindset. People will see their bank account and they'll see $1,000 in it. And it's like, I have $1,000. And so when they come to Bitcoin and they buy $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, they don't see bitcoin they see a thousand dollars and when the price of bitcoin changes they're like i lost money when in actuality you no longer have dollars you have bitcoin and the number of bitcoin that you have has not changed
0: and if you're trying to use bitcoin as your savings account how do you even know how much you need of it i think that's a question that a lot of people are probably grappling with. I think that this can help people figure that out for themselves. But also, there's something that you always say to people about, you know, the total number of Bitcoin that's out there versus how much uh, an individual can have. So talk about that equation that you always explain to people to explain, like, if you have at least this much Bitcoin, you're kind of set.
1: One of the ways I try to get people to see the difference between Bitcoin and, you know, the fiat world is Kanye West is arguing with everyone, telling them, telling them that he's a billionaire, right? All right, Kanye, we'll let you be a billionaire. How many billions of dollars do you have out of how many billions of dollars, right? You want to have one billion? How many billions of dollars exist, Kanye? No one can answer that question. So when Kanye talks about his wealth, he's only talking about the numerator.
0: Not as impressive as he thinks it is. <laughs> it was oh. time someone knocked Kanye down a peg.
1: But here's the thing, right? <laughs> So Kanye, if you're listening, buy Bitcoin, because if you buy Bitcoin, no one can challenge your wealth because you will have a set amount of all the Bitcoin in existence. So if Kanye took his billion dollars and bought a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin, Kanye would have, what's the market cap at now, like 500 billion. So Kanye would have one out of every 500 Bitcoin.
0: Mhm.
1: That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good, right? That puts you in the upper echelons on Bitcoin Island, right? That puts you at the penthouse on Bitcoin Island.
0: Penthouse, Ocean View, all that stuff.
1: And it's verifiable, right? So when he's arguing with Forbes saying, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire. They're not counting my assets, right? You don't have to argue with them anymore, Kanye.
0: Okay, so what if you're not Kanye? What if you're just a regular person trying to figure out how much Bitcoin you should be gunning for? It's the
1: same equation, right? So Kanye is saying a billion because he's trying to interact with billionaires because he sees himself on a certain socioeconomic status, right? And so wherever you are on the socioeconomic status, if you're in the top 10%, how much Bitcoin do you need to own to be in the top 10% of all the Bitcoin that exists in the world? It's not that much. How much? Well, I mean, 10% of all the Bitcoin would be two.
0: Ah. (laughs) So if you have... Sorry,
1: sorry, sorry, sorry. That's not correct. 21 million (laughs) So 2 million. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was just seeing 21M. <laughs> all right. I was
0: like, that's a little too easy. No. But that would be if you were in the, if you had 10% of all Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes.
0: But if you break that out and if you say, oh, that's 2 million. So if 2 million people had one Bitcoin, that's the top 10% of, of that group of Bitcoiners. Yeah. And so you actually don't need that much Bitcoin.
1: You don't need that much Bitcoin. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, in a very short amount of time, like within our lifetimes, owning one whole Bitcoin will be very rare. Mm-hmm. Like that's coming very fast.
0: Is that because the wealthy are just scooping up a ton of Bitcoin right now? Is that why you think that in the very ne- near future, people are not going to be able to even acquire a single Bitcoin?
1: It'll be c- because of the wealthy people, but it will mainly be because everybody, right? Like there's, the wealthy are only a small percentage of the population. So once some wealthy person figures it out and buys the Bitcoin <laughs> that they want to buy, right? Like they're probably not going to buy more. They might, but they probably are just going to allocate their specific amount and be done with it. But when you know Lebanon's having currency crises, Argentina's having currency crises, like pretty much a lot of our listeners are in countries that have these currency crises, as more and more people realize that Bitcoin is the solution to their problem, there's only so much of it to go around. The amount of Bitcoin per person is only 250,000 Satoshis. Mm. Like per person, if we were all equally distributed, it's 250,000 Satoshis per person.
0: And that's how many, and that's how much money in dollars right now.
1: Five thousand satoshis per dollar, so fifty, about fifty dollars, somewhere right around there. So today, if you're in like a bottom tier socioeconomic status, but you have five hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, as that transition happens, you've already locked in where you're going to be on the next. Uh, we talked about the last episode on that next money pyramid right? Mm -hmm. Like Bitcoin's at the bottom. And then how much of it do you have pushes you up the pyramid? If you got your 250,000 Satoshis already, you're good. The more of it you have, the faster you're going to climb that pyramid, right? So people who have one Bitcoin, two Bitcoin, 10 Bitcoin, when Bitcoin goes to $2 million, that'll change their life. When it goes to $10 million and you have 250,000 Satoshis, it'll probably change your life, but not in the same orders of magnitude. Knowing that, it's two hundred fifty thousand satoshis per person every satoshi you have over that is another person's share
0: yeah dang
1: someone's gonna have to work harder to get their share some would argue that that's like a hoarding mentality and that's a um like that's not good for like the bitcoin economy right like hoarding bitcoin but as bitcoiners become more wealthy because the price is increasing or the value of it is increasing more merchants will start accepting it as payment. Mm -hmm. And then once more merchants start accepting it as payment, the Bitcoin will get distributed back out into the economy. Yeah, that's true. So like once it gets to the point where, let's say somebody has like 100 Bitcoin, right? And Bitcoin goes to a million dollars. Now they have 100 million dollars, right? Well, if they want to sell one Bitcoin to go buy a boat, they just unlocked 100 million satoshis back into the economy back into the economy and so this is what money is supposed to do and this is what the dollar is doing it's just that as that bitcoin is or as money is being released into the economy the federal government is creating more also and so what's going into the economy is not only the savings of people it's fighting against money that was just created out of nothing
0: right
1: and so that's where bitcoin draws its value from is because when the government creates more money your Bitcoin is still worth the same amount.
0: And <laughs> probably worth more.
1: And it becomes worth more as they create more dollars.
0: Okay, so it's a personal choice how much Bitcoin an individual would want to acquire. So let's bring it back to the Flirting with Bitcoin Satoshi Savings Calculator that Ian Reese, the man himself, the myth, the legend, <laughs> has developed for all of us. So... Walk us through it. How do you use this calculator? What information do you need before you come into the calculator uh, to help you figure out how much Bitcoin you should be buying and how often?
1: So the first thing you want to know is just what's my goal? I would argue that one Bitcoin should be a goal for most people. You might not get to it, but I would argue that one Bitcoin is a good enough goal to That's start That's the with. starting point. That's the starting point, right? All right. The reason why I say that is because part of the problem that Bitcoin is having in the why Bitcoin versus altcoins conversation is when Bitcoin was the only one, you could say one Bitcoin. But in actuality, as we've talked about on the podcast, one Bitcoin is actually 100 million satoshis. And so when Bitcoin is competing against these other altcoins, of course, Bitcoin being $20,000 and your altcoin being 27 cents seems like a... Ridiculous comparison, but in actuality, you should be comparing the price of a Satoshi,
0: Satoshi to the altcoin. Alt okay, so I would go to goals.flirtingwithbitcoin.com. That's the website, guys. Enter it in your phones right now as you're listening to the pod. The first line says, My goal is to stack.
1: One of the things I wanted to do with this particular app is also reinforce some of the Bitcoin lingo and cultural concepts. So it's the Satoshi savings calculator, right? Satoshis are Bitcoin, there's no difference. And when you save Bitcoin, you're stacking Bitcoin, right? That's just a term. You don't have to say it, but
0: that's how people talk. It's the sexier way to say it. That's how people talk, right? (laughs) So I would enter 100 million, the number 100 million, into that box that says your goal. Yes. And then right under there, it says I have already stacked.
1: So this is basically how much Bitcoin you already have right.
0: And can you talk about like the privacy that you've built into this page because I know you're not really supposed to talk about how much bitcoin you have.
1: Right. So one of the things that I was really focused on was nothing you enter into this app leaves the app. You're in a browser, but these four values that you enter are just saved in local storage on your computer. So if you go to another computer and open up the same URL, you're not going to see the things that you
0: entered. So cool. I would say I've already stacked I'll say 10,000 Satoshis. I'd enter that in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this right now. And then it asks, I want to reach my goal by.
1: And so this is where I made like an opinionated decision. So obviously people would expect a goal to have like a very granular date, like my birthday or something like that. But instead, I chose to only offer um, the halvings, the upcoming halvings, because halvings are a very important part of the Bitcoin value prop.
0: So for our listeners who haven't listened to some of our earlier episodes and don't know what the halving is, every four years, the amount of Bitcoin that is rewarded for every block splits in half. So you have the 2024 halving, the 2028, 2032, and the 2036. The
1: 2024 halving is only two years away. So if you set that as your goal date, whatever interval you pick, which is the next field, you won't have that much time. If you were trying to get one Bitcoin by the next halving, you're gonna see some pretty aggressive numbers when you pick that, right?
0: All right, let's see. So by stacking once every, and I'll say once every week. All right, I'm gonna hit update goal. And it says, in order to reach your goal of 100 million Satoshis by the 2024 halving, you need to stack 1,149,310 Satoshis every week for the next 87 weeks. The current exchange rate is 5,019 Satoshis for a dollar. You need to exchange at least $229.04 if you haven't stacked for the week yet. And it's really interesting, the number in real time is changing. So how'd you do that, babe?
1: So this is the part that's really interesting about thinking in satoshis or Bitcoin versus thinking in fiat. If you were trying to save $1,000, you would save the same amount of dollars every week for a certain interval. If you're trying to get to 100 million satoshis, you have to save the same amount every single interval. Mm -hmm. The difference is that there's now this exchange concept because you're exchanging dollars to get your Bitcoin and that exchange rate changes all the time And so this app is pulling from strike. I'm using the strike API shout out to Jack Maulers Every five seconds the app pulls the latest exchange rate So if you're sitting here and you're just watching this app like in real time Yeah, every five five (laughs) seconds, it'll like tell you the new number, right? Okay, so that's why we've been sitting here now imagine that over long periods of time What are the odds of you hitting your goal if you don't know that it was supposed to be 81 cents instead of 72 cents? So the
0: idea here is depending on the interval that I've selected myself, that's how often I should be coming into the calculator and making sure that I'm on track to meet my goal.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, we're a weekly podcast (laughs) and I would recommend to our listeners, like set your interval to weekly. And every time you listen to us, just pull up the app, see what you're supposed to stack for the week. And be done with it, right? Now, if you want to do it on a daily basis, it's there for you or monthly or quarterly. But I feel like weekly is a pretty good rate for people. And it's also pretty good to stay in like sync with the podcast.
0: Yeah, babe, this is a great idea. I am going to take zero credit for it because I did nothing. <laughs> but I'm going to support you and be your biggest cheerleader.
1: I mean, you you helped with it, babe. Like definitely like when I was, when I was putting this together, I wanted it to be so that you wouldn't have any questions about what... <laughs> you were looking at. Yeah. And I feel like the way you just punched those numbers in and then you read what was on the Mm -hmm. screen, people that aren't able to see your screen, the paragraph that you read made complete sense to them.
0: Yeah. I mean, it made complete sense to me and I would love for us to get feedback from everyone. Please come in, plug in fake numbers, plug in for real numbers. We won't see any of them. So your feedback will really help. Um, And this is just, you know, V1, right? You have big dreams for this calculator.
1: Yeah, I mean, I cut a lot of stuff off this to get this out before we recorded, but I have a whole, you know, roadmap for like other things I want to add, but it's really going to be based off of the feedback that we get very similar to the podcast, right? Like if you guys see something that you think would be a good addition, like please reach out Twitter, Fountain, whatever, and um, just let me know. But for the most part, like this is going to be an iterative process that I hope will help people learn to save in Bitcoin and realize, even if you don't get it right every time, realize that it's not good enough to just save $10 a week or $1 a day. Like you gotta have a goal and you gotta work towards that goal.
0: Amen. All right, babe, I feel like we're really doing our part when it comes to Bitcoin adoption
1: i I feel like we're doing the the best that we can do.
0: No, I mean, say,
1: <laughs> say it like that. Um, I'm feeling,
0: Damn, I guess no, I maybe mean, we're not, what not what doing
1: our part. No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> I feel like we are contributing the best of our abilities. Yeah. Right. Like I feel like you're great at marketing and like flirting with Bitcoin was your name, your idea. Like you're. The, I'm
0: really good at flirting. you the
1: and you're great at flirting. <laughs> um, so like you're the marketing guru, and at at my day job I am an engineer. So like. I can't build like some crazy app all by myself, but I can build little tools to help people.
0: And I think the mindset shift is really important. And it's one that you've been driving home in the podcast. But I think creating a tool like this can really help people sit down for a second and really think long term, which is what Bitcoin demands of us exactly to think forward and and using the havings as the goalposts i think is really valuable because i think that's the mental goalpost i have in my head because i know bitcoin's going to be more expensive afterwards it's just inevitable it's just math yeah so the urgency of it is there and i hope that this is really helpful to our listeners i'm excited babe
1: yeah i think this is the start of something pretty cool
0: time for shout outs if you're listening on a platform other than fountain and want to show this show some support go to flirting with bitcoin.com support and check out all the other ways it's possible to show us some love so shout out to emmanuel bertalot proof of life tnt mom sacking sats contrapliant dude mactub 786 btc photo Fifth Power Productions, Gone Crypto, Ida Dude, The Get, Helios, Crypto Nomad, and Bless Allah 786. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Did you know the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast runs on the value for value business model? So, what does that mean? Instead of having to listen to us read the same batch of ads every episode, we're looking to you, our listeners and supporters, to support the show if and when we provide you with something of value. Value can be anything, some new piece of information, a new point of view, or even a good old-fashioned belly laugh. When we provide value, we ask that you contribute to the show what you believe the value is worth to you, hence the term value for value. To learn more about how to support the pod, visit flirtingwithbitcoin.com slash support. And don't forget to subscribe so we can always keep in touch. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next episode.